Alright, welcome back to the Summer Cricket Special. Agendas only, we've been off for most of the summer, so we thought we'd bring you all the best of our cricket knowledge and insight from while we've been away. I'm Luca, Alex, Artie, you're all with me. How are you doing today, boys? Yeah, great. I um, just wanted to send a special birthday shout out to Kevin Naguama. Um, happy birthday, Kevin. Man of the summer. Yeah, man. As well. <laughs> yeah, spectacular. Great summer. 4 0. 5 0, basically, so. I'm happy with that. I'm feeling really good. Let's jump into all the best cricket. Starting with the Ashes, I mean, it was probably the series we could have all dreamed of. Like, I don't think he scripted no, any better. Dis- Maybe it's a little bit better in Sydney. I, I actually disagree. Cool. I'm pretty disappointed in the summer at 4-0, yeah. personally. <laughs> I think we're disgraceful. Sydney, once again, and New South Wales dis- as a whole. It's disgraceful, and we should sack all our coaches yes. because of it. They're losers. Sydney I- have let down the nation again. That's true. No, it is, a shit pitch. It is something about Sydney. So after a dominant performance like we put in this summer, I think it's only fair that we get, we basically rate every single member of this acclaimed Ashes team, this 4-0 Ashes team, and we sort of see where we all sort of land. Because I think we have a couple of diverse opinions on what we think. You, know, you, you mean you don't like Cam Green and we do? Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, that's going to be a subject to debate. Let's go from the top of the order. Artie, what do you want um, right. to read out some stats you have prepared for yep. the boys? So, David Warner, eight innings, um, 250s, 273 runs at 34.1. I haven't rated it at a... one in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Warner, you know, he's actually very sneaky in the fact that you think that he doesn't often make those 20s and 30s. He just gets a 20 and 30 so quick that... Yeah. Started well, dropped off. To know, yeah. those 250s were 90s, weren't they? Yeah. Were 80s or 90s. Yeah, 90, no, 95 and 94. Yes, yeah, so. Absolutely. I have Warner at 7.5. I think he actually played really, yeah. really well. There's some correct a lot of the technical issues he had. His backlift was coming through a lot straighter. Mm. Particularly in the games that Broad wasn't playing. I think he <laughs> was a little better. I don't know if there a correlation there or not, but I thought he was really, really good. And... He deserves the right to play on as long as he wants. So if he wants to go to England next uh, for the next Ashes, yeah, what is he? Thirty-five. Yeah. yeah. So that's an that's another three years sure. or so. Athletes today are getting older. So I'll, I'll give him a seven. I'll yep. give Warner a seven. Same reasons. Um, but I don't have much to say. Absolutely. Six Ooh. and a half. Oh, six, six. Because six. wow, thirty-five is lower than I thought he was. He started well, but he didn't make any runs after the second test, and he didn't convert. Yeah, I, 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 can underst- I can understand that. But I also think the fact that he was so dominant at the start, you know, the fact that he was able to put together a couple of those well, foundational also, 90s. Well, also, he didn't start any fights, so I'm a bit off that too. Yeah. <laughs> he, he saw off the new ball really, really well, and that was classic dominant Warner. All right, next I got Uzi Kawaja. Um, four bats, one not out, two hundreds at 85. Didn't really put a foot wrong for mine. I haven't had an so eight. Second he's, test. he's not an opener. So that's the that's the biggest thing that I learn out of Hobart. Like you can only learn so much. Hobart's from a tough place to bat. No. Still, he's still not an opener. Technically, yeah. he's not. He doesn't like to open. He doesn't have the mentality really to open. You saw he got bogged down on one. I think it was really really. Early. I still open him over Marcus Harris, by the way. I think oh. Harris was actually improved. Yeah, which is still which is something I want to. Uh, I'll give him about. a. I'll give was he a nine. Really? Yeah. Really, yeah. I, I don't know. Probably the big. I go eight and a half because second test lost him that one and a half, but. Alright, so next we got Marnus, who had nine bats, one not out, 335 runs at 41.9. 102.50, sorry. 41.9 was a a really low average for Marnus, considering what he's done in in previous summers, but I thought he looked just as dominant at the crease when he was playing. The one thing about Marnus I think you have to be worried about is he does 
he is prone to the odd mistake. That being said, I give him an eight and a half. I thought he had a really, really good series. Yeah, I give him an eight. Yeah, same thing. Second half wasn't the same as his first half. But I think for a lot of Australia, it wasn't. England in Sydney actually put up a fight and part of Hobart. And then they're like, no, nah, screw this, let's go home. But they tried harder, which made it harder for us. Yeah, I thought Marner scored his runs when we needed them most. Yeah. And then the other games when we didn't need them, he didn't really put the foot down. So I give him an eight and a half purely for when he scored those runs. Marnus's breakdown in his test career, first innings runs in difficult conditions. Mm. I saw an ESPN Cricket Info article on it. It's crazy how high that percentage is. He just manages to come through. Even that innings in Hobart that he had, I thought was actually excellent. Runs were hard to get on that pitch. Mm. And he did really, really well counterattacking. Um, so next, Steve Smith. He had eight innings, 240 runs at 30.5 um, with 250s. Yeah, yeah. At Smudge... Really, really disappointing summer. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I was. I was expecting a quite a large summer for, from him. There are points where he looked frenetic, and I've never really seen the modern Steve Smith look frenetic. He made a lot of early mistakes, and he never really appeared settled in a lot of innings, apart from the one or two long ones that he played. I love Smudge, but yeah, agree. Disappointing. There's a couple of innings I thought he looked okay. I thought he was above average. I would give yeah. him five and a half. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but. I put this together a while ago, and I want to speak about it. And this I put together around the, the captain test cap, test he was captain. So him as captain, I love, and I changed probably my opinion by the end of the summer, but I want to say it anyway. Cummins, love as captain, but for the team, is it better to have Smith as captain? So just some stats on him. Of all time, he's the second best batting average as a captain behind Bradman. So he's 70.36. Bradman, 101.51. So that's, mm. like, he averages 9.5, 9.15 runs higher as a captain, had 35 matches as a captain, 1,500s, 1,450s. Australia's more successful as well when he's captain and scoring runs. So since 2014, when Smith scores over 50 runs, Australia have only lost three out of 23 games. So they've won 87% of the games. So, sorry, won 15 um, drawn five, so 13% is all they've lost. Um, so he averages 77.42 across his career in captain, 106 in draws, and only 30 in losses. Um, and then as captain, um, 76.36, as I said, and it drops to 54.83 without captain. So I'm not saying that the t- like he's a bad batsman outside of captain, but he clearly loves the pressure of it. So is it a better thing to have his captain? He's also the fourth most successful Australian captains ever in terms of winning percentage behind War, Ponting, Bradman. It's pretty, And he's not far behind some of them. So that's pretty telling. And then again, last one, he's only lost two out of 20 test matches at home as captain. So as much as I love Cam- Cummins, I mean, he's undefeated as captain, but that's he's pretty impressive when he's captain sponge. So where I'll say from this is that I think that's a big correlation causation thing. Yeah, probably. He was captain when he was at his peak. He was going to score those runs. Like, obviously, he deserved to be captain, should have been captain. I'm not saying that. But those runs are because... Do you think it's more because he was at his peak or because he was captain and the pressure got added? I think it's because he was at his peak. I think it's both. I think he he actually gets better when the pressure gets added. Well, look at at his best test this summer. 
But yeah, when he was captain. But I don't want to go into any of the volatility stuff that it would take to remove Cummins from the no, game. No, I, wouldn't, no, no. I don't think the marginal gain is that much. What Smith needs to get back to doing is actually seeing the ball better mm. and actually trying to put himself in better positions to. No, to I make wouldn't change runs. it. And as I said, I think he, he needs some. He actually yeah. needs some structural technique changes. Yeah, I think well. I actually think Cummins is an exceptional captain too. I so do I. Well, I know he gets ratings. a lot of help from. Other guys. That's what I was going to say. I think as the summer went on, I changed my mind on that. But I wanted to mention, like, clearly as captain, he's damn good. And at least he's a good vice captain to have there. And I still mm. think that's more the summer went on, the more I watch. Yeah. He's clearly the tactical genius yeah, of that of partnership. Which, yeah. Fair enough. Adi, did you, so, did you see the same things with Steve Smith that I saw? Where you were like, he's got to modify his technique a little bit? Yeah, or is it more uh, like you think that this is a decline of him getting older? I think it's just... I don't think he saw the ball as well. It's hard to talk about technique with Smith because if you start talking about technique, you can just all of a sudden say everything's actually wrong. But it's not. But more inside his technique. Inside his technique. I'm making. Well, it's he's hard doing stuff that's a bit un- uncharacteristic. That's that's yeah. just where I feel on it. But when he's batted his best, there's always been weird things about his technique, or like you think his bat's too far away from his pad and stuff like that. Um, I think it's more he just didn't see the ball as well this summer. Um, Mentality as well, maybe. Yeah. 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 Mentality. Uh, to be honest, probably not the smarter, smart enough guy to know what's going on with Smith's technique. You've got to be on... I think only Smith's the smarter... Like, I think Smith's the only smart enough guy to know if his technique's working or not. Because it's a bit of a level beyond anybody else. Because it's so different. Absolutely. Well, I hope he gets he, he gets in for the Shield season and that's going to yes. be extended now. So yeah. I hope he really gets in the lab and makes those improvements that he needs to make. Um, so, back on track. You gave Smith a five and a half. Alex? Um, I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to give him a six. I thought his 250s were in tough spots. I thought he was above average. Yeah. So that's, that was my, that was my reason. Um, so, moving on to the player of the series, uh, Travi Head. Four tests, um, six innings, 357 runs at 59 and a half with two tons and a 50. I say mentality is so much of the game for a test batsman. Yeah. It's it's actually more than technique. It's the one thing that will always directly translate to test cricket. You might have to change your technique, change your style of shot, but mentality is so important for a test batsman. Travis Head clicked this summer. Yeah. I like that he played his natural game. He didn't try and be a test player like as such. David Warner, why has he been successful? Because he's been different. Travis Head can be the same player. And finally, he's actually embracing who he is as a player. Not trying to be getting... Being a turtle, being a Matt Renshaw, a Bryce Street, mm. being Travis Head. It truly was a summer of Head. It was. It truly <laughs> was. And can I say, this pod predicted it in yeah. our very first. So You're welcome. Shows the knowledge we drop. Yes. And and defensively as well, I think he's gone to a, gone to another level where he feels comfortable being able to get on the front foot. He feels more balanced. Yes. Like if you dive into the micro areas of what's made Travis Head good this summer, heads over the ball, he's able to sort of get on the front foot, makes contact with the ball early in front of his pad. It sort of alleviates a couple of those LBW issues. I give him a nine. He was excellent. Yeah. Alex? Uh, yeah, nine. Yeah, I'm giving it a nine and a half. Um, so, here we go. Uh, Cameron Green. So... With the bat, he had eight innings, one not out, 228 runs at 32.6 with two fifties. With the ball, bowled all 10 innings of the series, 13 wickets at 15.8, economy of wow. two and a half, wow. and strike rate of 37.2. Best And his best figures were three for 21. Luke, can you go first? 
You want me to go first? Well, yeah. In the live series, what Artie's numbers don't tell you, in the live series... I've got the, the live series tests, numbers here. Yeah, what are the live series numbers? So, in the live series, it was 52 at 17.3, um, and 170... And then, uh, sorry, in the last two tests, he was 176 runs at 44. Yeah. So, he's a, he's a better player, and his shield numbers show this when the pressure's off. He doesn't make a lot of first innings runs. Technically, he's still not good enough. Mentally, he's still not there with his, with his batting. You're not keeping a 17 average batsman in, in the side, personally. His bowling, I have to say, average batsman. He's well, he is in crunch spots. 32.6 average batsman. Yeah, see, this is why I hate England. England like being so bad this summer is it really didn't give us a good evaluation. Yeah, well, it gave our young players a chance to get confident at test level, and now they're gonna. But we don't really, dominate we don't really have a fair evaluation on. of Tim Green. Technically, he still had the same problems in crucial spots. But he fixed those by the end of the series. I don't believe he, he fixed them. He also can only play against the competition at front. Yeah. You can't blame him for for scoring runs against England. No, I'm not blaming him. I'm saying he didn't score runs when it mattered, then he cashed in later. I'm just saying, long term, I don't think he showed us anything that's going to translate. Do you think that is purely be just because the pressure was off? Or do you think that's him getting better as, it, as he progresses? As no, I know. I think it's because the pressure yeah, was off. I've he scores, a, fundamentally he scores a higher percentage of his runs in the second innings in Shield cricket. That's, um, a, that's just a fact. The other thing, I don't know if the pressure was off. Yes, the series was over, but him himself was actually under a lot of pressure. Under getting lot, dropped. Yep, a lot of pressure. No, I think the series was over. Was he, was England, he not? England bowl were significantly worse than those last two tests. I really do think so. In Sydney? I, I, I didn't think so. No, Adelaide, no, they no, bowled no. their worst close. To, no, oh, no. no, sorry. Brisbane, they bowled their worst close yeah. too. I really think they were awful in Brisbane. Except for Mark Wood. Mark Wood tried every game. I thought they were, they were passable in, in Brisbane. I thought they, uh, they were very average in Sydney. And then in Hobart, they just, you know... I thought they bowled pretty well in Sydney. It was the only game that um, Jack Leach showed up. He actually I, bowled... Jack Leach bowled really well in Sydney. Didn't get the I wasn't rewards for it. They're spin bowling. No, I know. Yeah. But just bowling as a whole. I, I think they underutilised Leach to the point where he wasn't really a factor. No. But I, I will say, and Cam Green will give me the fair and balanced take, his bowling was actually quite excellent. He's got series. very important wickets. Like yeah. what are you... Yes, to do. Like yeah. you put Watto in, and you get the most important wicket of the game. Absolutely, I love the idea of Cam Green, mm. but I've always said well, this: he needs to kick on with the bat. Well, also okay. he's uh, six foot seven. Well, there's one. Thing. I didn't know that. That hadn't been mentioned all summer. <laughs> there's one thing as well. You got to say like, yes, there's there probably is still holes in his game, and he still didn't convert. But at least encouraging for the future. So, and this is one ESPN Crick info put out. No Australian cricketer has ever scored more runs at a higher average and taken more wickets at a lower average in a Test series than him. So, like, there's clearly something for the future there. Yeah, for me, that that those numbers, and I, and I saw them, I think it's a little bit misleading because the guys who he's being evaluated against are predominantly bowlers. So if you want to say he's a bowling all-rounder and you want to pick him at seven or whatever, that's fine. But I don't think we have the keeper who's good enough to, to bat, to keep to like pick Cam Green at seven, nor do I think we should really think about picking a bowling all-rounder at, at six. And personally, if you're going to pick a bowling all-rounder, I think Nisa is a better option. Do you? Sorry, do you? I don't know. Nisa's batting's gone off a bit of a cliff lately. Do you? Yeah. He's, my, he's my favorite cricketer. But I'm, talk, so I'm talking bowling so. predominant. If yeah. You're, like that's that's where the disconnect between me and Cam Green comes. I hope he proves me wrong. Do you remember the Who was it that he be, was better than? He had a better batting average yeah. and bowling average. Was it War Watson and it's definitely Andrew War Simons? Simons? Yeah, probably Simons. I think it was those who had a better bowling average and batting average in this series. At the same point in their career, like that's you've got to give credit to that. 
I mean, um, yeah, it's right. average 17 in the live series. We're never going to move this debate. I mean, <laughs> fundamentally, we're at different areas. So what's your score? High spots, low spots. He was an average player. Five. I think seven. I agree. He's still yeah. an area to go. but I'll give him seven and a half. All right. Um, all right. Um, Alex, for reference, the cricket stats scholar, whose stats I'm using today, um, gave him a nine out of ten. So yeah, that's too high. I don't think he should be rated that high, to be honest. That's what the public thinks about Cam Green. This is why I hate the hype motions. So okay, there um, is too much hype. All right, moving on, moving on. Um, Alex Carey, so he had nine bats, 183 runs at 20.3 with 150. Gloves, 23 catches at 2.3 in innings. He didn't really impress me this series. No. I thought his keeping got better as the series went on. I, but I think the start, his drops were... More, he wasn't used to playing with those guys in the slips. But he was our worst player all series. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's a big no, deal. Who was worse? Harris. Harris. Harris probably. Yeah. Showed some promise. Carey's batting awful. His keeping was disgraceful. Yeah. He plays like a one-day player. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. And, and and not and but he didn't even score those quick runs when we needed them. In big no. sports, I never trust him. Like that's the thing. I never trust his technique. He does. He looks tentative at the crease. He pokes and prods it a lot. It's more, I'm, I'm not petrified even... of him keeping an Asia in the three two. I'm not evaluating his batting. Petrified. I'm evaluating his um, keeping. He looked really bad in. Alex, the only keeper on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Great ex keeper myself till I was replaced in year. In seconds, 11, which tops three times the keeper you were. But I was a great first slip, too. <laughs> Not for the catching aspect, but um, I could have, honestly, I was an awful keeper. I could have caught some of those catches. Yeah. They were very easy keeper catches. His positioning gave me a little bit of a worry as well. And he, was, di- he was dictating where the slips were. Yeah. He went, and then he... Oh, his slips placement. Me and you were talking yeah. all series. was doing my head in. I couldn't fucking believe where the slips were standing. They were too shallow, too wide. Like your first, ah, oh, well, the first slip was standing like at one and a half. They weren't standing at first or second, which is fine if you've got if you're bowling in a place where it swings around corners. But we were never playing in a place like that. And what it did actually, I think, is planted the seed in his mind to be way too tentative, yeah. either going or not going. Yeah, he didn't know whether. Yeah, exactly right. Because the slip was so far away, he was thinking, oh no, first slip where a first slip should normally stand. Yeah, they catch that ball ten times out of ten. But he put that first slip in the wrong spot, and it goes through the gap. It, it, and then he started diving too much. It just makes it harder for himself. Like to me, he deserves a four. I would be, I would be really seriously considering if Inglis and or Philippe has a great shield back half. Yeah, I'd be asking some questions. I, I didn't think, think his will, fifty but... was an important fifty for that game. Yeah, but that's the only upside. I think went missing the rest of the series. Yes. I him a three. Yeah, I'll give him three and a half. Alright, um, on to the bowlers. So, um, Mitch Stark played five tests, um, bowled all ten innings, 19 wickets at 25.4, uh, economy of 3.1, best was four for 37, and with the bat, he had seven innings, 155 at 38.8, best of 39. Mitch Stark had an electric summer. Mm. Really dynamic summer. But that first ball was just a half volley on leg that didn't swing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise we had warning on the podcast. <laughs> I'd ask him a different a couple of questions about a different few stories if we were. But no, Mitch Stark had a really, really good summer. He was dynamic. He swung the ball. He was quick. The only problem is he still had the accuracy issues. And I still worry about him when he doesn't have his tail up and he has to then manufacture things when the pitches aren't as conducive. He was really lucky that the ball swung this summer. How old Stark? Yeah. 
He'd be getting getting up there, isn't he? Uh, 20. Uh, Surely he's older than that. I say he can't have that long left. I think he's not. I think he, don't think he's in our top four bowlers. He was really good this summer. What? But, wow. Like, like, in the next three years, in three Did years, you watch this summer. Years? No, I thought he was out. No, I thought he was great this summer, but he's still all over the place. Oh, Do you reckon he's inaccurate? He's leaks runs. Not this summer. He was. He took. He was very accurate this summer. What, what was his economy? Three point one. That's pretty good. Better than I thought it be, was actually, to be honest. Three point one six. He's so. a. He still feels like he leaks runs. Like he's. He was good this summer. Don't get me wrong, but you still watch him and go, why? Like he. Our other bowlers, Hazelwood. Um, Cummins and Boland as well just put it on the same spot over and over what? and over again and start one sh- it's just one ball every over it's just it's easy runs my philosophy with test match cricket you can get 32 by five, you can get 5 to 10 guys in every country who can put the ball on the right spot every time your strike bowler is not there to stop runs this is what England had an issue with Trying does he strike runs. ball? Yes, he is. Of course he's our strike bowler. Yeah. That's undoubted. That's undeniable. So I can get give two shits if he went for six and over. Honestly, he's there to get wickets and to get wickets alone. The test match cricket is the whole goal of test match cricket is to get twenty. Yeah, wickets. get that. I think but is is Cummins is our strike bowler as well as our No, no, no. Stark's our strike Stark is a strike Stark's bowler. our strike bowler. Yeah, I couldn't disagree more. I yeah, think I do disagree. So. I think with um Like Glenn McGrath was the best bowler back in his era, but no one would call him the strike bowler. Absolutely. That yeah. was a guy like Binger. No Shane Warne. You can't compare Shane Warne to Mitch Stark. No. If we're just talking the fast bowling cut. Cartel. You know, no one would ever call McGrath the, you know, the strike bowler, but he was by far the best. One thing I'll say about Stark as well is his batting was really, really valuable this yeah. summer as well. And when he, he's kind of like Johnson in, in the way that when his bowling goes right, his batting goes yeah. right, he's got his tail on. He's Alex, Johnson. One thing I'll say, one more thing I'll say about it, and I kind of lean with Alex, when we were struggling, and we weren't struggling for a long time this series. Stark's great when you have 550 on the board, yeah. and but if, if you need to take wickets and you're in a bad spot, he can sometimes struggle with that. So I would like to see if we get a new bowling coach to work with that and him yeah. to develop more. I have him at an 8. I thought he did really yeah. well. I probably a 7.5. I thought he was good. I, that's what I mean. I was playing Devil's Advocate before. I think he had a great summer, but I still think he's got areas to tidy up. Yeah, eight and a half for mine. All right, um, we can probably fly through the next couple. They're pretty self-explanatory. Uh, Pat Cummins bowled, well, maybe not this one. Pat Cummins bowled eight innings, 21 wickets at 18, economy of 2.99 um, with one Pfeiffer. If you don't get that Pat Cummins is the best bowler in, in world cricket at the moment, I don't know what yeah. to tell you. He's uh, phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually phenomenal. He's really, really good. He goes to another level. Big moments. He always does well. You could see he really rallied the team. Captained perfectly. I think he captained really well. Like You can talk all you want about how much help he's getting. He should be getting help. Every, every captain in world cricket should be getting help. It's not a one-man job. But Pat Cummins was an exceptional captain. He made the right bowling changes when people needed to. But the declaration Kept people fresh. Well, that might be the one. I right, think it was came pretty still. close. I could live and die by that declaration. <laughs> yeah. No, so no, we had a timing. whole day of bowling out. We just didn't yeah. bowl well enough. And they batted Absolutely. well. Yeah, they that did. Wasn't, that wasn't a declaration problem. Um, so, we'll go scores. Will we? Alex, did you want to say? Nine. Nine. I'll go nine as well. I thought nine for Cummins. I thought he was exceptional. Gary, um... Bowled seven innings, 16 wickets at 23.6, economy of 2.3. Um, with the bat, he was 76 runs at 25. 
had a fun little swim with the bat. This was yeah. below par, Gary. It felt like I was really better than last time, though. I, I know. It felt like I was really trying to hope that he, he would have out? another renaissance. Is he on his way out? I think he's on his way out. I reckon we can tell by Asia this year. Yeah, Yeah. I just just don't know, does he get the revolutions and bounce that he used to? I think first two tests, he struggled. I thought Sydney and Melbourne, he was pretty good. I thought he was better this year. He was significantly better than last year. I thought he was better better in Sydney, but yeah, I I don't know. Maybe not Melbourne, maybe I'm not remembering. No, yeah, Melbourne, I... I, Sydney, he was good. Did he bowl? He might not have bowled enough. Yeah, exactly. No, it was (laughs) Brisbane, he was not great, because he had the... Almost the yips trying to get his... Um, oh, it was 400. And then he got three right, right after that, yeah. which was excellent. So, okay. I, I wouldn't go as far as you guys. I don't think he's on his way no. out. I still really like Gary. Still the he's most still consistent not, spinner in the world. He's cricket. still my, one of my first picks in the team. Not the best, but most consistent. I like him, but I'd start to give other guys reps, and I wouldn't be... we got to have two spinners. He's past his peak. Off him soon, I, think I think he's so, still one yeah. of the first pick, but he's past yeah. his peak. All right. Um, so, I'll give him an eight. Oh no, maybe seven and a half. When he bowled, I thought he was good. Six. I didn't really think he did yeah. anything special. He was above average, but not nothing more than that. Uh, I'm going six and a half. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. This might be universal tens here. I might just talk for the pod. Uh, Scotty Boland, six innings, eighteen wickets at. Oh, this is Joe absurd. Bro. Eighteen wickets at nine point six. One one fifer. Can I bring an opinion here? No. No, I think the fact that his average went up every test match is disgraceful. Yeah, that's a good point. He's getting worse. He's disgraceful. <laughs> like, can you not be consistent? I don't know what to make of Scott Boland, and I love it. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I'm happy I watch him bowl, and I think it's it's innocuous, but he must just get something extra. Some guys, and, and, and t- ex-test players have talked about this before, are much harder to face mm. in the middle than on the screen. So maybe yeah. is that... Either way, if this was just Scott Boland's summer, if we don't get anything more out of Scott Boland, if what he goes crazy on flops, what a career. You know what I'm really happy about? That you guys both had COVID when we were going to do the uh, Boxing Day test pod. Yeah, because we would have bagged it. No, we in, our, in our group Killed chat, him. we were all going, what the hell was that selection? We <laughs> were bagging their living daylights out of him. My cousin on Christmas came here and he got a, his first phone for Christmas and I gave him my number and I was bagging Scott Boland. He texts me three days later when he comes home and goes, like, and he kept texting me and he goes, so, thoughts on Scott Bowling? He's pretty good, eh? I'm like, yeah, damn it. I shouldn't have been so loud about it. But no, I was always on him, though. I thought right. he was the best from the start. So, tens? Yeah. Well done. Nine for nine for me. Didn't, <laughs> didn't really put foot wrong. I'm going to score it up once. One, maybe. <laughs> um, so, sad story of the summer, I guess. Josh Hazelwood only played the first test. Yeah, you can't really can't rate. Yeah, I can't rate. Yeah. Um, but I'll just he, read his... He got three wickets at 24, if you're interested. He's still the second best bowler in the world. I don't know if that's <laughs> a hot take, but I really uh, think he is. Um, all right, so then on to the guys who played a few less tests. We've got three more. Jai only played one test, five wickets at 24. Don't think not good. right? No, no, no good. not for that. He, he was good. Can't rate. Ness, 10s, uh, universal 10s. Won't even talk about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Marcus Harris. He did look competent at, at test We got Joe Root out too. Absolutely, 100%. Poor guy. Boland's coming. I know. It's the biggest Nest fan in the world, possibly. Maybe besides his parents. Um, I think you could be bigger. I could be bigger. Um, I'm so happy. I'm over the moon. He actually got a baggy degree. Like, I was talking about how... And he should have played a million more tests than he has. But he was getting to the stage where I thought Cricket Australia were just going to fuck him and never play him. So I'm very happy he got that test match. So, if we're looking at bright sides, that's one. Love Um, it. So... Jai was five wickets at 24. Ness, two wickets at 30. Yep. 
Um, and then last one is Marcus Harris, four tests, seven innings, 179 at 29.8, 150. This is going to be really unpopular. I think he should have gotten Hobart. And it, and it really would have hurt. Dude, and you're I, gonna, I can yeah, understand. I don't know if you're going to say green, but... Oh, yeah, I probably would have left out green. But he actually did look a lot better. I, can I say why I disagree with that? Is because yeah. a you can't you have to keep Quadra in that team, correct? Yeah, yeah. And who's got? Because he's not an opener. Quadra's not an opener. That's why I would have picked Harris as well. But so you want to drop Green, yeah. correct? Yeah. I who's got green. more long term p- potential though? Who do you want the team long term? Harris or Green? Who's got more potential? I'm putting Green in there purely just get him experience, get him potential because I have I have faith that he could be good. Is Harris seriously going to be our best opener for the next ten years? Where with I disagree with that coming through. Well, I mean, no, no. Well, we don't really know is Pukowski going to have a career. We have two openers. Well, we got more so good openers coming through. Who? Well, what's Street the Street and Hunt? Yeah, Street and Hunt. I don't really know. Are they going to take the next leap? I know they're going to be better than about, Harris. I know a little bit about, about Marcus Harris. He, Marcus Harris looked better in Melbourne and Sydney. hundred percent. Melbourne was a home deck where he's used to, but it was, it was a, good a tough deck. It was a tough deck. England bowled quite well. England's best bowling performance was in Melbourne, but they're. Harris's top score was about the same as Green's top score. They both had the, the same field. amount of innings where they showed promise. Harris looked much more comfortable. I think he fixed the technical issues a lot better. I think Green had a harder position than his batting. Okay, let's, like not that just, let's not go down the Cam Green yeah. rabbit hole. I think Marcus Harris in isolation looks better, and I wouldn't give up on him long term. No, I've given up. I don't, the ship sailed. I think, I'm sorry, how many 50s he had? He's had three fifties in like yeah. 14 months. Ship sailed for me. All right, we're going into the scores, Luca. He was. Below average, but I don't hate the thought of Marcus Harris in the future. I hope he gets better. Three and a half. Um, first of all, anyone listening, remember that Luca said he likes Marcus Harris. Marcus Harris fanboy. I can't wait till next <laughs> summer when he denies that, so I'm going to come back and listen to this, but I'm giving him a three. Yeah, two and a half. Yeah. All right. Since we were away for a large majority of the series and weren't able to discuss main headlines, main takeaways, I thought, boys, we'd wrap this up with a little bit of a chat about what we thought about the series. Artie, main headlines, main takeaways. Um, my favourite main headline, I guess, was uh, the first ball wicket. We were there. Had to keep harping on about the band not coming to it, but you know, no, Alex was just, there. Oh, Alex was there, sorry. Yeah. Right, because you wouldn't be an Australian and not be there, right? No, uh, you wouldn't. But we Alex, you, just you were got there, there right? Right? Yeah. Sorry, right. I'm very hard work. I'm very committed to my job. I don't take days oh, off. Okay. Um, not my fault. <laughs> but we just got there on time. We only just got to our seat. We're a bit out of breath. We're up in the nosebleeds. <laughs> out of breath. We were. <laughs> it was higher. <laughs> and then it was, but literally, you couldn't get any higher. We were top row. Um, but we were sitting there. The other boys hadn't got there yet. We were wondering where they were. And then everyone starts clapping in. Beautiful moment. I've never heard the clap in so loud. Bang. Half volley on leg stump in swing. Beautiful. That was one of my favourite <laughs> cricket moments of all time. No, 100%. It's one of those ones where you, like, being there felt like you were a moment. Yeah. In, we're in a moment in history. It was and excellent. Then I'll just touch on another one I just thought. Oh, so you, Summer of Head was so beautiful. We yeah. don't get a turn before you. I had, I had that down as well. I thought so, Summer yeah. of Head. Yeah, as a man who predicted the and Summer of Head. And calling it early as well. Sorry, I had to bring up Summer of Head. Are you better than us? You just you get to go twice before you even get to go once. For that a fact, I know I'm better than you. Yeah. And that's like undeniable. Yeah, okay. Well, you, you hate sound, me because I'm better than you. Now you sound like an arrogant idiot. And you know You sound like an arrogant idiot going before me. Me and Luke are about the same level, I guess. But you know You sound like an arrogant idiot, Arthur. Tuning in for the podcast, Chris, is a clear universe 
QUT divide happening. Anyway, I'm gonna tri- I'm gonna chip in. It's not really a, a big dramatic headline, but we're back to Australia playing aggressive cricket. And how good is it, right? We were dominant in the series. Be- I'm disappointed because we took all the chances. We set aggressive fields. Pat Cummins, Steve Smith, great combination. We bowled great line and length the entire time. And when we needed to take our opportunities. They, there was controlled aggression shot. There wasn't a lot of wild shots. I mean, unless you watch Alex Carey go for the majority of the series. But there wasn't a lot of wild shots. We got into it and we cashed in when we needed to. Head, Smith, Warner, Marnus, all displayed the controlled aggression you need to be to be a dominant test team. And I'll double up if Artie's doubling up. All right, okay. Jeez, I don't get a turn. It's fine. Well, keep, keep, keep the mic out of Alex's hands. Mitch Stark being back, I loved. Yeah. Uh, I thought, after, especially after a lot of the chat of last series, a lot of people bought stock going, hey, I'm a, I'm a cricket expert. Mitch Stark's washed. How bad's Mitch Stark? We need to get him out of the team. He's too old. You know, he showed a lot of the doubters. And even what was really beautiful for me, and I love nothing more than, than a maligned sports person proving people wrong, as he said in the in his Alan Border medal speech, he got to a low point. He really didn't love cricket. You know, he was questioning why he was going on with it. He stuck Happy with it. Happy got that, by the way. And, yeah. you know, he did really, really well this summer. And I think he can be valuable going forward. Um, Just on that... You know you're not a real cricket knowledge man. Like you're not an expert if you're saying that Stark is bad. He's awful. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> and so you're saying the Sir Shane Warne, who hasn't been knighted but wants to be, he can't be knighted. Australians can't be knighted anymore. I don't right. know what that was about. I didn't know that. But <laughs> so you're saying he doesn't know his cricket, Arthur? No, I think he, I think he can, but I think Woody's done that many holy things. <laughs> Doesn't, the Queen does not want to be associated with Oh, they can't morning. be knighted. Like, the Queen has to do it. We can't knight them ourselves. Correct. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, do I get a turn? Yeah, okay, absolutely. Great. Um, first of all, I'm disappointed in both of you for not mentioning the first one. And I'm going to get a second one too, just to spite you for you not saying really? it. Yeah. Uh, I'm pointing at Artie, by the way. Wow. So, first one that you didn't mention, Scobo. Yeah. Well, I was leaving it to you. Yeah, I was say, is that not the headline of the summer? That summer I've had. Aussie battler, Scobo, who is awful, like everyone thought he was awful, comes in and greatest test bowler of all time. The photos of him after that, um, after we won, like him drinking out the urn, or him just holding the big bottle of champagne. Ever seen him Some smile? of the best photos of all time. I've never seen him smile the whole time. They're like, what well on Scobo, he took six for seven on <laughs> debut. Thanks. Didn't smile. <laughs> Often, like, I, I look at certain points... In, in like sports, and I go, imagine how good would it be? It would be to be this person at that time. Scott Boland just brought into the side six for seven on debut at his home ground with all his family and friends watching. Oh. That's got to be like one of the peak moments in sport, let alone Australian cricket. I agree. But it still doesn't look like he was enjoying himself though. <laughs> I mean, Kawhi is exactly the same thing. Is Scott Boland the Kawhi of Australian cricket? That's the, the type of insight you want to get. You couldn't get much though. happier moment in your test cricketing career than that series. He sort of was not much of a chatter, but the first no. up, but he sort no. of wasn't That's real keen on it. Silent killer. Yeah. Scott Boland moves in disguise. Yeah. No, okay. Well, my second one, and this is out of spite of Artie for not saying it before me, and I'm bitterly disappointed. Ness debuting finally. Oh, fuck! You missed it. Yeah, I did. You blew it. You're a disgrace and a fake Ness fan. Is all I want to say. You I'm take not, that back. I'm leaving it on you that. You stinky man, you take that back. His parents, that. his parents love him now more than Arthur does. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. These are, those were all great ones. The one I'm going to wrap up with, and I think the one that characterised this summer, and God, I hope it doesn't come back to bite us, because I know Crit Australia is just going to buy into this and just keep the same 11. 
England were the worst test side mm, oh, that made in me happy. their history. That made me really happy. So bad. Like, we could have been playing a great team and they would have put up more of a fight because they would have got up for the occasion. They should be, they should be ashamed of what they brought out. They quit mentally. Clearly, there's fractures in that camp. I know it's not easy to be a great Australian, to be a great cricketer there, but, you know, so against bad. I felt really bad for Joe Root. Absolutely, and yeah. I, I didn't like him that much pre-series, post-series. I just felt bad. Joe Root battled. The funny thing with Joe Root is he got every good ball. As well, like yeah. every good oh. ball was well, you had to get him out. He batted well, absolutely, yeah. But like England really need to shape up. I mean, we could really go, feasibly go in and beat England dominantly at home yeah. with them, We're, like at, at, in their own backyard. That would bring me a just lot of joy. To touch back on Scobo, I've just got the photo up of him sculling out the urn, and even then, him sculling champagne out of an urn <laughs> where he got all the wickets, he still looks sad. <laughs> what a man! Is Love it a silent killer? Is it that he has actually become the biggest Chad of all oh, time? Oh, he's the biggest Chad. He's not happy with anything because he's the biggest Chad. He doesn't need to show joy because he's such yeah. a Chad. Um, yeah, exactly. Do you think he's writing a book oh, on better be how to be a Chad one hundred and one? What about his dad? Did he get there on time? Was working in the morning. <laughs> that's, the that's very Chad as well. That's very Boland. <laughs> what a summer! Uh, Sorry, mate. Career also, comes first. Also, another great final headline. We celebrated it like we were Ashes winners as well. Yes. They did really, really well. I really loved that, um, like, Root, and even Silverwood, who's a cock. Yeah. Even he was there with, like, those guys. Absolutely. Biggest... Having a beer after the series. Who called... I don't know I hate the cops for doing that because they got called there, but whoever called the cops on them for that. One of my favourite parts about cricket is the whole, they have a beer after the series. But who the hell does that? Are you the scumbag that... Wouldn't you just go and have a beer with them? 7am, you're not getting that much sleep. You're yeah, like, you should be working or something, I don't know. Right. And they weren't even noisy. I know that was just a video, but they weren't... They, like, there's no there music playing. Well, there's five of them. How noisy can five people be? Clearly, and they didn't look that bad. Like, no one was falling off chairs or anything. And no, they were all at the pub the next day. Yeah. Like, at ten. Yeah, see... That's poor us. Form. <laughs> poor form for, for whoever reported him, but we yeah. celebrated in a great yes. manner. I thought, yeah. I thought it was excellent. Mm. But a dominant summer and one that will live on in, in our memory. Really, really good stuff, boys. So, um, going on, we're going to give a little forecast of what's happening in the future. One reason that we all love the Ashes is whoever the away team, nine times out of ten, get demolished and everything has to change. England were the away team here. Yeah, they were awful for an away team, even for Ashes standards. But everything's got to change. Um, I think if we showed up to England with some of the players playing, they'd all have to change as well. But, Luca, we'll start with you. What's Where do we go from with England? They've already sacked their coach, sacked the manager. Was that guy the CEO? Yeah, so Chris, so Chris Silverwood was the coach. You could yeah. sort of tell from the point that he got COVID in Sydney and he wasn't with the team that he was going to go. Mm. And now God, Ashley... he's a cock too. Uh, yeah. We need participation medals. Ashley Giles with the... Uh, Can we stop you know, the director of cricket? And talk about the participation medal. Yeah, part because they that should, we should get a medal. About. We should have only done two tests this summer, three next. No, who was, no that wasn't even... Uh, that was up. Uh, that was Paul Collins. Oh, that was Collingwood. I don't care. Right. Who was always a, who he was always soft. Paul I don't Collins. care yeah. who that is. Never made runs in Australia. No. I don't care who you are. We're playing professional cricket ashes. We should have got a medal for coming out here at all. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you s- like I fully respect the we, England team doing that as much quarantine as you. We know. came out of a World We're, Cup. You get paid to play cricket. Absolutely, like, it's, it's one of the biggest privileges. And and the other the other thing that that I didn't like in that quote was a cop out. Is like 
or a Cricket Australia didn't care what version. Do you think if the shoe was on the other foot and the ECB got no. us out of that no, much quarantine, they would have cared? No, of course not. Uh, it's it's all loser and it's disgraceful. Absolutely. Such a poll so mentality. But yeah, England have cleared house. England need a complete overhaul in their, in their design, in their thinking. Now, a lot of people said, okay, they've been directed towards white ball cricket, but, you know, they need to change the setup. Now, what Silver, what, what Giles did in an attempt to save his job, it was blatant, you know, um, sort of trying to save his job from pre-series, <laughs> was he tried to give all of the selection duties to Silverwood. So, yeah, that's so stupid. Which was crazy. The coach should never be, be a selector. That's I think that I don't hate a coach being a selector, but a sole selector, never. Well, yeah, no, I don't I like him being a selector because I feel they have to develop the talent that's given yeah, to them yeah, and yeah. they've got to they cultivate an environment. You yeah. can't do that if you, you're about to fire the guy. Yeah, it's a completely year. different... Absolutely, yeah. completely different argument. So independent selection board is England's first thing. Oh, they no, mean, no, I'm off independent selection boards. I think that's... It's a different thing from cricket to rugby league. Yeah, I still think a mix. Like, uh, so a mix of You think your coach and the captain should be on the board? Yeah. No. Oh, I don't know. More off yeah. that. No, I Full- understand. It's the camp, and then it's the selectors that put the people Cricket in. Is, maybe they don't have as big of a say, but they should be at least having a say. No. Fewer team no. sports. That's, which, that, that's which, your no, team no, I get that, yeah, but... It's cricket's still, a team sport. Like, obviously, cricket's a team sport, but it's not like rugby league where your cohesion with the guy next to you is that important. Cricket's a... What do they always say? It's an individual sport that culminates in a team sport. Yep. So, yes. you know, it's a lot of individual effort. So Agreed, but... That's when I don't think a coach should be involved because you want your best athletes in the best positions, your best cricketers at Agreed, but position. if you're trying to build a culture, that's still a big part of cricket, cricket culture within a team. Your, your captain knows that and your coach knows that better than the selection board Australia's do. Australia's won some of their best series when the locker room was the most toxic. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and and as well, I think if you talk about building a culture, I think it's important for the cap, the captain and coach not to sort of have a say in who picks the team. Yeah. They have to they have to sort of be able to be independent and back all the guys who are in the room yep. and say, hey, it's just the selection. It gives them an easy out. So I'd have an independent selection board. Yeah. Whoever they get next... I don't know they've talked about splitting up the role. That's a completely different argument. But whoever they get next to coach test cricket for England needs to be a developer of talent. Yeah. You look at that England side. For, I just quickly went through it before the podcast. They need two new openers. They need a new <laughs> six. They need a new I, I don't mind Crawley. Crawley might be there. I don't know. I, I really don't I like trust him. him. I like him. Um, I like he looks like a cricketer too. Yeah, they need a spinner. So England, out of, their, out of their side, they have 11 players. Five at least. At the very least. Need to be you changed. can't count Anderson Broad either. That's what I'm saying. So I haven't even counted the fact that Anderson Broad will be retiring within the next. They're past their peak series, yeah. So what they need is they need to over, like you know, they need to be able to get guys in those positions who can translate to Test cricket with their skills. You know, whether that's again making sure that the England Lions tools are better or it's overhauling mm-hmm. county cricket. I know maybe that's something you've thought about a little bit, Arthur. So. Um, the great cricketer had the head, um, the head editor from Wisden. Um, his name escapes me, and yeah, I can tell anybody that. listening to this guy listen to that pod. Yeah, it's funny. Is, it's very funny, but, but also good to listen to. Yeah, this episode was very insightful. So, seven percent of the English population go to a private school. Just, yeah, over fifty percent of English cricketers went to a private school. Right. So that's a, and this is not we all are private school boys. Thing. It's in, nothing to do with that, but it's. What happened to rugby union in Australia is happening to cricket in England. They put all their money and focus into schoolboy, private schoolboy cricket, and none of it into club or none of it into, you know, state school. 
That's what rugby league and AFL are thriving in Australia right now because of getting the average man, the average Joe into the team. And why soccer's so big over there is for the exact reason they don't make that target. And that's a big sport over there, yeah. which they completely miss because they put into private schools. Exactly right. Which cricket, exactly sport, right. cricket as a sport costs money to do as well. But it's not only doesn't. just... Well, you can go. You can go. Well, I mean, that's that's a more micro-level solution to, I think, what yeah. England need to win the Ashes next. It's, that's no, a long-term no, solution. Yeah, that's a long-term solution. Like... Are you thinking England should overhaul the county system for the next Ashes, or do you think you know that's something where they need to just try and develop the guy, the next guys, in a year and a half? Desperately, Australia and England need to set up some sort of relationship. I know a few Australians get to go play second dip county, but it's not really proper county. They need to set up some sort of long term well, relationship. It's competition. Sending, yeah, but it's better for both teams. You right. know, that's the mean. thing. Ashes, as much as they're my favourite series to watch. Are they really ever the best series to actually like most competitive series? It's still not England dominates in England, Australia dominates in Australia. I think I think we're going to win the next Ashes, so I, yeah. I, that flies in the face of it. The thing I'll say about county cricket is they they want us more than we want them. We don't want English players playing shield shield cricket, but they want our Australian players, players playing, playing county, county shores up their technique so much. Just look at Marnus. Marnus is a whole new batsman. It doesn't just help him batting in England; it helps him batting here. New Zealand, South Africa, even the subcontinent. I know subcontinent is very different in England, but you have a more short-up, compact technique, you're going to bat better in India. But that's what's complexing. Uh, like, it's it's really puzzling about England and this side. None of their players have had a really good defensive technique. The, so is that a failure of county cricket? Yes. The other thing that this guy... I should have looked up his name. Very sorry. Um, he spoke about... With England is that less than one percent? It was like you'll have to again listen to the grade cricket to get these stats. Oh, less than one percent. Like the stat was underwhelmingly small. Of balls bowled in county cricket are over one hundred and fifty k. Yeah. Because ninety percent of those wickets, you bowling one twenty, it's actually better than bowling one fifty. Yeah. There's only the older wicket very down south that might be a bit harder that you can bowl one fifty on and actually get. Some sort of success with. Hundred percent. So the so pitches, those, so the pitches need to be better. You just the look balls up. need to be better. The county competition needs to be better. Yeah. Maybe less counties. But I think in the next year and a half, what England need to do is they need to maximise the guys who are around the fringe because that's the best short term solution. Yeah, I don't think you they can have a two year solution. I don't think it exists. They need to get a spinner. I think as well. I think yes, they, they need to get, desperately need a spinner. So they need to contract. What Warney said actually about contracting Don Bess and paying him a bigger contract so he doesn't play IPL so he develops his talents in county cricket. I think that could be better as well. But yeah, England's big... They need to change strategy. I wouldn't mind seeing it as the last thing I'm going to say. I wouldn't mind seeing Stokes take over. They To, to get with the times, I would love to see them play more attacking cricket. They played more attacking cricket when, when Root was off and Stokes took over. I've never thought Root's a, a, good, a great tactician. Yeah. I think he regularly looks overwhelmed. So I, I'd give it a roll of dice with Stokes. And I think that's their best chance. They need to make dr- drastic moves to win the next Ashes. True. I would just be worried about if you're sacking Roos captain, how how he takes that. He's literally that only good player besides Wood this series. Stokes will be good. I yeah. feel I feel no. there's conditioning that, that sort of lets him. No, out. I agree. On to Australia. Um, we've got three tours of subcontinent nations coming up. So it's our first one. Is it Pakistan first? Pakistan first, Sri Lanka Shrika, after that. And no Bangladesh is next year now. Yeah, okay. I but still, so. those are our next three next, tours. Next three correct? tours, yeah. and then India India as well in 2023. Yeah, okay. That's and good. then our next home summer is West Indies and South Africa? Correct. Oh, yeah. looking forward to that. 
But the India oh, tour scarred last time South Africa came out here. Don't no, I don't believe in that. I forgot about that completely. They yeah. just beat India. The India tour in twenty twenty three is the flashing lights. That's the two top test nations in the world playing against each other. We have to be ready for that. And I'm, so to do that, we need to consolidate this win and continue to push on. Yeah. One thing I said before when we were making a point about has this series really been good? I think what we need to take out of this series is not the team's perfect. Not that there were a lot of positives, but actually critically evaluate, yes. okay, where can we improve? Because that's what the good teams do. They don't just sit on their laurels and go, oh, we won 4 nil. this was excellent, everyone should keep their spot, all this sort of stuff, the coaching staff were excellent. No. Look at the negatives and look at India as your, as your real measuring mm. seat. We need to win there. Yeah. What do we do in order to win there? Um, I think we need to look at this Pakistan tours especially, and then maybe Sri Lanka. Like We should win those tours... Probably, even though they're not our conditions. But we shouldn't look that at them as a competitive series as much as a chance to build towards India. We need to pick two spinners each game, keep Swepo a go, give some sort of left arm off spinner a go, have a bit of variation. Um, we need to pick batsmen, a few batsmen we think will strive there, give them a real chance. Mitch Marsh is one. Have him play a game or two. I think Glenn Maxie. Maxwell. Yeah. So Maxie. 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 I know this side of the table. Alex, so I would uh, really love Maxi to get back in. How old is Maxi now? He's only 33. Oh, ooh, only. You know, I'm pre- oh, th- it might be 32. One of the he's two. He's got a couple years left. He's not yeah. a long-term solution. I think he just had a birthday. He's not so. a long-term not solution, but he's in your 2023 solution. Absolutely. And I know you can't... And we've never been successful at this. I want every shield pitch to look like a dust bowl. Just yes. Get the bowl out. Zero grass. <laughs> and just pour dust, pour sawdust on it. I've decided. Like the pitch turns sideways. I'm willing to become a groundsman if you guys will join me. Yeah. Oh, 100. Gab a groundsman. That's the no, best way. On the better ground, Alan Border Fields. Yeah, uh, uh, true. That's oh. the best way to become Australia's test spinner. That's the last what Australia's most successful spinner of the last ten years has done. Well, I have a good spinner. Got in you, the guys, team. you guys have watched me spin. I'm pretty damn good at it. You know, you've got to use a front arm. No, 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 I actually disagree with that premise. <laughs> I've bowled on the pitch and my average is under 10 without using a front arm. So I disagree. I've got two more things I want to bring up about what we sort of want to do to, to target that tour. Number one is, and I think what we saw this summer really backs up my theory pre-series, looking at players and to develop their skills that translate to test level. We really focused on helping Travis Head with his mentality mm. to actually become a better test player. That directly translated to runs. So we have to value those intangibles more than we value any shield runs. Yep. We need to make shield pitch difficult, as you say, Artie, but I think also making sure that we have the intangibles, the mental side of the game. You know, that will, that will help your Cam Greens, your yep. Marcus Harris's, your Alex Harris, maybe don't have that ability at test level so far. I so think the guys who show that in their innings, not just oh, he scored X amount of runs at X average. Let's look in the micro areas yep. so we can improve. I really think there's a huge opportunity opportunity, sorry, to play both Green and Marsh, Mitch Marsh. I and really Maxie. Need, I, <laughs> okay, I've got a big thing of Maxwell spins Maxwell spin's actually atrocious. Like, we can't look at him as an all rounder. We'll wait for unpopular opinions to let that in, but would would I pick him as a batsman in the subcontinent? Absolutely. Would I pick him because he's an all rounder at his bowling? His bowling is useless. That's like saying you're picking Steve Smith because he bowls good. Smith's actually a better bowler than Glenn Maxwell is. I'd pick Smith for the personally. Maxwell's Stop so that. bad. Stop that now. I'm saying 100% I pick Maxwell every test in some continent. Am I picking... Am I going to bowl him over? No. So you're just no gonna, chance in hell I'm not bowling him so over. So you're selling the batting and you're going to pick two rounders in the subcontinent. That's interesting. 
I'm not necessarily selling them. I I would pick two, and um, I yeah, I would pick two all rounders, two spinners, and two quips. I would be a little bit worried about you know, and and he, he the collapse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we get an uh, actual keeper can bat in the team. Absolutely. Don't know where we're finding that. Yeah, Ker- oh, Kerry spots still in question. I want that to be a, 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 a like a discussion point as well. Don't just rest on our laurels with Kerry. I'm, I don't know who Kerry had a pretty so who's series? No, who's locks for Pakistan? By the end, some started to like go yeah. But who's locks for Pakistan? Everyone's going to say four 0 I think we've talked about Kerry. Let's go. I, I think the the entire eleven, but I think it's it, it's going to be more interesting who the good performance and shield are and who they pick as the reserves. I think that's going to I be think, really interesting. I don't know what Mitch the Marsh rules is, are. Mitch Marsh is definitely on, on the plane. Angler's going to be on the plane. Yeah, 100%. I don't know what the rules are around squad size, but I'd be picking a huge squad. I think it's 23, though. I think you can yeah. only pick 23. I think you can only. Yeah. Why do you get that one? Get on the phone with ICC. India, can India we pick 30? Country, how come we can't? I would, I would try can and we pick 30? I would try and schedule concurrently in Australia A Tour. That's just cricket yeah, in Australia. That's a very smart move. Very, very high IQ. At least you've got them playing cricket over there. I still don't know why we're like doing it. Not like the England Lions, one game and then they flew home. Full tour. I still can't believe yeah. that. What Ridiculous. Was, those two spinners, like Bess and who's the other spinner? Why did they fly home? I know. They could have played. Bess was in the actual squad. But they had to call up Sam Billings from playing in the BBL. <laughs> The state of this. Oh, my God, England is oh. so bad. But we really need to consolidate. The final debate that I want to have with you, Artie, and I know we're, we're, we might be on different sides of this. It's going to explode hugely now. Yeah, guess. well, we don't, we don't actually respect you or yeah. your opinion. Clearly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, no, what are you always saying? <laughs> what are you saying about Alex as well? No, no, but... let's just talk me and you. <laughs> Alex, can you move the mic over between just me and, me and Luca? Thanks. <laughs> Alright boys, the final debate that I wanted to have with you in the wash-up of this series is Justin Langer, stay or go? You guys know where I sit with it. I've been Langer out since maybe, I mean, the end of that World Cup, I thought he, he underperformed significantly with that team. The, 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 the one day. One day World Cup. Not England. the one he won. No, not the one he won. <laughs> not the one he won. Absolutely. No, no, no. The one day World Cup in England. The T20 World Cup, you know, we, we actually know it's... Well, most sorry. important format in the world. Maybe Bali. No, probably just slightly more importantly, Ashley, because we didn't win that 5-0. Absolutely. So second most in the world. <laughs> right. So I'll take I'll take the affirmative. I think he needs to go. I think the number one pr- uh, like prerogative as a cr- cricket coach is you need to be able to develop talent, right? You need to be able to progress, guys. You need to be able to show that you keep the team environment good. Now, we've seen that... At the, like the first part of that, the team environment for a while has been cracking a little bit. Multiple players went to Cricket Australia and they complained about like pre-series when they heard they were keeping him on and not buying out the rest of his contract, saying he's too intense, the environment's a little bit toxic. And it basically, it culminated at the end of that India series. He lost it, yelled at Manas for a toasted sandwich. Like, they don't want him as a pressure cooker in the team too long. If I can jump in there. Right, Alex, can I just say something really quickly? I... I'll just take it quick and not go into my point yet, but I like Justin Langer, and then when the toasted sandwich thing came off, put me off a bit. Big yeah, toasted sandwich man myself. If man wants to eat a toasty, let a man eat a toasty. But there was a lot of buzz that the players like. No, I can't. Way too I'm, I'm on the toasty here. Toasty. Let the man eat a toasty. Um. So, 
if I'm going to play devil's advocate Team environment, here, yeah. It actually looked the best it has for multiple years during this series, the but pat- that's winning. Winning fixes yeah. everything. But also, there, I, read a, I read a couple of great articles in the Sydney Morning Herald. Malcolm Conn actually wrote that the players requests and Langer acquiesced that he stepped back for this series. Yeah. So it was actually a lot of his assistants running mm. the show and doing a lot of significant things around the team. He actually didn't do as much. So... No wonder the team environment looked better and they started winning after Langer yeah. took a more hands-off approach. And the other thing is, as a talent evaluator and a talent progressor, Langer has won. Out of all the players under this pur- purview, all of these young players, okay, young maybe. talents that have come in the Australian team, one that's become better, Marnus. And, and he doesn't like Marnus. That's what I'm saying. So here's the thing with Marnus. He has an insane work ethic. And I was listening to this debate the other day. Would Marnus have progressed anyway? Yeah, the fact absolutely. that he hits as many absolutely. balls. Absolutely. So, so Marnus is, is the only one that's progressed on the Langer. And we don't have any other examples. He's worked with all these young players. Ten. And none of them have gotten better. Marcus Harris is his magnum opus project. He hasn't gotten any better. In, How can you say that you want him as he's a talent worse evaluator? Shield. Like, he doesn't yeah. look as good at Shield anymore. And he? he comes into the Australian camp and it seems none of this modification happens. As much as this is an anti-Marcus Harris pot, he deserved his initial spot. Absolutely. Piles and piles of runs at Shield for three or four years. He did deserve his spot. And all these guys, and you, and you think about it, Matt Renshaw and Madden, they all came into the team and none of their things, none of the deficiencies who should be coached up by a, te- a, yeah. a test cricket caliber coach got fixed. In fairness to him, Marnus would be a pain in the ass to coach. I love Oh, Marnus. yeah, no. One of my favourite players. No one's saying there's no but struggles with I have, show, I've, said, I've, like, got a, I've got a Marnus coaching. I work with a guy. And he apparently used to coach Marnus when he was in year 10. Coach Marnus and Jimmy Pearson. And he, oh, I, was, I was talking, I was like, oh, how was he? How was he? And I was assumed, like, I was a nutcase. Gush about he him goes, or something. No, no. Yeah, he goes, he was a pain in the ass. He goes, he did not shut up. He goes, he yeah. distracted everyone. He was, like, he was just annoying at training. He goes, Jimmy Pearson was a gun. Like, you never yeah. thought that you thought he would make it. Marnus, he goes, never thought he'd make it. He'd make it, the, like, the 20 or 30, but he'd never make big runs. In school, I think it was year 11 and 12 we coached him. Like, how crazy? That's pretty crazy, though. Like, Someone like that's def- average ends up one of the yeah. next best. As a big Marnus defender, especially the way he's portrayed, I don't get why we can't just normalise loving cricket. Absolutely. Like, everybody's like, oh, he's enough, he's enough, oh, he's an idiot, oh, he likes cricket. Yeah. Don't we all love cricket? We watch no, fucking 25 days of cricket a summer, we wake up at... 2am to watch it when we're in England. To be fair, you're talking you're, you're talking in an environment of all cricket nuffies here as well, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, if I'm going to zag, if I'm going to play devil's advocate for Langer, um, first of all, on the record, do I think Langer's a good coach? No. You're you making no. a four-year commitment to Langer with this new contract. Why? Like, do you Why are we making a four-year commitment? Well, that's, that's what he said he wants. Well, yeah, just say you always sack guys in a contract. They don't want to pay him out. Maybe you say, yeah, say that's every pro sport. Can, can just it, sack a coach. Like, the the only do. reason Cricket Australia didn't sack him before this summer was so they didn't want to pay him out. So Cricket Australia notoriously don't want to pay people out. They're like rugby Australia like that. Okay, yeah. so no, I get it. He wants four years. Just say, Justin Langer, I'll give you two. If he says no, screw him. Go for well, he has all the leverage now. Does he? Because we want so much. Yeah, yeah. so that's I what I'm going to talk about. I so I don't know he does because we are talking about no, getting he, rid of him anyway. He does. He absolutely you know, he does. Has, he, so, he has as much leverage as he's ever as, had right now. If not for You put years. yourself in Langer's shoes for a minute. They're okay. small. Um, they go to church every Sunday. Um, does it do yoga? Does yoga. Bit of a weird one. You put yourself in those shoes. Um... You've literally won a T20 World Cup where everyone thought we were going out in the group stage, um, which was not a bold prediction. 
winning 14 tosses in a row or whatever it did does help. But I'm not caveating it. We won a T20 World Cup. We won an Ashes 4-0. We almost won the Ashes in England. We drew it, retained the Ashes in England. I don't that, that was a that wasn't an achievement. That team was anchored by historically yes. great series from Steve Smith and Packham. But that was an underachieving but team. On paper, on paper, it's his absolutely on paper. You're in his shoes. You're, you are just laying it out. All right, we're all just laying. I just said we went okay. to church all right. on Sunday. Okay, yep. Yep. we we believe that Noah built an ark and put two animals <laughs> of each. Sex onto the ark. Political, yeah, <laughs> religious well. arty. We're going political now. <laughs> we, we, so we believe that for a fact. Anyway, um, I don't know how you could possibly think that that resume deserves fire. Like you, you literally retained the ashes. Won four nil. Won a World Cup. We had no right getting out of the group stage, let alone winning. Like. Well, yeah, you've done a phenomenal job on paper. The bar is much higher than that. You know what my opinion is? Is we can't sack him because of that. But and if you do sack him, what message does that send? I agree. But the point is, we are trying. You can tell they're it, trying to. It shun cultivates him. a good message that players well, want another coach other than Langer. Pat well, Cummins has been given five, six chances to commit to him, and he well, hasn't. My, that's what my point I'm trying to make is. We're clearly trying to get rid of him. Clearly, yes. but you say he's got leverage. Yes, he's got a good resume and he's done the stuff, but I don't think if the players aren't behind him, he does have that much leverage because they clearly want someone else anyway. You can say, give you two years. If the problems are there in two years, we're getting rid of you. Because, I'm sorry, as if there's not going to be another good coach to play, I want Punter in there. I know he's easy. Yeah, I know Punter might not be keen, but there's going to be someone else good that can do it. So I don't, I don't agree with giving him four years. Give him another year or two. We can't sack him. Definitely. The one thing, the one thing I'm going to say is I'll make, I'll make an NFL analogy here, and you know, it's, it's cricket, and it's, it's not complete. Kansas City had a good quarterback, that Alex Smith. They made the playoffs a couple of times. They still drafted Patrick Mahomes because they knew he was the Hall of Fame level talent that would get them to Super Bowls. We have a coach in Langer who's, who's a solid coach and has a resume. But maybe he's got some flaws. We need a guy who'll take us to the next level and make us number one in the world again and really beat those Indians in those tough environments. That's Dizzy Gillespie. That's Punter. We need a change right now. And we'll, we'll kick on to the next stage of world cricket with that. I know I mean, I'm on the same boat with you here. I had a brief stint off the boat, but I'm on the boat. I don't like splitting up white ball and red ball. Yeah. But do Dizzy and Punter want to give up 305 days a year to be with his team, not see their family for 305 days, and be... That's what Langer is willing to do. Like, it's all good to say that these guys want it. It doesn't seem... I would rather a split role yeah, so than, than Langer again. Well, Ricky, I really, Ricky has said he doesn't want to give up the whole year. He I, would do a split role, though. He actually said yeah, that. Yeah, he sports. I, I don't like a split role, but I think that's where t- cricket's going. I think we're going to see split roles in every country. Well, it's becoming more professional, so it's going to have to be, because it's going to take more and more time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, there are some benefits to it, but I don't like it as a whole. I like the continuity between both camps. Yeah. I think it, I think it's quite good to have a solid message. But I think plus we can just alpha a T Twenty World Cup when we want. You know? <laughs> That's but the thing about the T Twenty World Cup. All, all I think guys. it was more on that talent. You know, if we have a T Twenty World <laughs> was, Cup breakdown. It was actually we talk about money more with St George. We're not talking about it on next pod. Um, Hello, sport boys talk about it all the time. That was a money ball t- World Cup. We just it picked was. all these old guys and we're like. Let's just fucking win the thing. You're not going to get in the group, but end up winning it too. India and the Ashes, we need a better talent developer. This is a really crucial point for this team. That the coach decision will be crucial. Let's not be scared and worried about, oh, if like 
Langer's resume, or what he's done in the past. Let's go, get the get the best guy for the job. I think that's what Korea Australia are going to do. They said they're going to interview everyone, so I hope that's the part they go down. Yeah. And if it is Langer, well, then I hope he makes the changes we need. I think that's a good place to put the bow on it. Um, good pod, boys. Um, sorry to the guys who've listened who aren't mad cricket fans. Um, but it's a great eggs. I think don't listen to it if you're not. Screw you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good great... time to tell someone to not listen to it. 60 minutes in. Great yeah. cricket wrap-up of the summer. I thought it was excellent, boys. And, and fingers crossed we'll be celebrating just as good a summer next year. Now on to the next yeah. season. What season now? Winter Olympics season and footy season. Boom, boom. Alright, at the back end of the cricket episode, we recorded much of this Friday, but then we, but then on Saturday, big news came out. Justin Langer sacked Australian cricket team head coach. I um, think... They resigned, so... Not sacked. I mean, he rejected the six-month extension yeah. with no further option beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> Real good extension mm. right there. But, uh, boys, I really wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Obviously, a significant move after winning the Ashes, winning the T20 World Cup. Adi, what do you reckon? Yeah, like, tough on, sort of tough on Langer. Like, you know, what else could he have done? He, you know, got us to number one ranking, won the Ashes, retained them in England and won a T20 World Cup. But then again, the players hate him and... Um, that's not a very good thing if you're a coach. Yeah, I agree. I know we talked about it a bit earlier in the pod, um, which is covered around. I don't think he deserved to get sacked, but or not sacked, resigned. But I mean, I guess you're right. I don't think he was long term, but I think he should have been given more time. Yeah, I have three areas really where I, I sort of cast blame or, or sort of basically rationalise what's going on here. Langer didn't deserve an extension. I've gone over that earlier in the pod. He, it, Malcolm Conn, who's done some great reporting on this for the Sydney Morning Herald, basically said, this Ashes, the play, players went to Creed Australia and said, if he's not sacked, can we have him step back a little bit? The environment's too intense. Everyone melted down against India last summer. And Creed Australia said, yep. Langer agreed. He had Andrew McDonald run the show. You can't be extended if when you step back as a coach, the team gets better. So that's the first thing. I'm not giving you three or four years more money. That being said, the way Cricket Australia handled this is an absolute disgrace. Giving him only a six-month extension is a horrible move. They messed around. They tried to make him interview for his own job. You know, they, the decision makers in Cricket Australia really need to be named and shamed. They need to take accountability for what's gone wrong here. And the players as well, I know it's important for, for I think, the modern player to have a say about what goes on in the dressing room. But if it does come out that the players have gone and said, we deserve the number one decision-making in who, who becomes the next coach, I don't think that's a, the right thing to do. It brings a lot of other bad precedent into the fold because, hey, you know, we, we, we could have situations where there's a lot of player power, the next coach is going to be scared because they could get sacked by the players. So there's a lot of bad things coming out here. I just hope the next voice, whoever it is, is... A, like a much better talent evaluator than Langer, much better at play development and cultivates a, an environment in that dressing room where it's actually good. But he also has to be tough on the players. Mm. Yeah, you never want the players to just think they run the show. You don't want, what they say, the apes and running the zoo. Absolutely, player power. And it, and it happens badly in other sports, NBA, yeah. NBL. You know, we can't have cricket get like that. No, absolutely not. Um... So I think who are the main candidates if we want to move into that? Um, so Andrew McDonald Punter. would be one. Punter. Punter's not going to take it now. There's been a lot of backlash. He won't, but he's, I think he's still up there as a candidate. Oh, that absolutely. Look at. I think he's the number one coaching candidate in all of world cricket. Ricky Ponting is one of the, the smartest guys. Andrew McDonald did a really good job 
as the assistant, and he it ran a lot of it this year, as did Michael DiVenuto, who's the batting coach. So mm. both of them are going to keep running the show. They said both of them said they were going to resign if Langer continued. Really? That was an interesting thing that I got out of it. I was like, okay, this, he was starting to lose the staff by the end there. So that's, and, not, that's awful. That's and I think really you had bad. a good good point about what, why you reckon the players did it. You know, went so against Langer as well on this Adi. Yeah, well, they knew they would cop um, a lot, a lot of backlash. I saw this on Twitter, but yeah, they knew they were going to cop a lot of backlash, being in the paper for months, having their characters assassinated. So they wouldn't take on all that um, risk and all that punishment if they didn't think it was absolutely the right thing to do. Absolutely. They're going to live and die by the next move, so the next guy's not successful. Andrew McDonald's a good candidate. I would love Jason Gillespie. I think he's the number one in my list. Yeah. If they're going to split the jobs, I wouldn't mind um, you know, Trevor Bayless taking the one-day job. But yeah. I, I worry, again, that whole Sydney click is becoming big. Mm. You know, even Us- Usman's in that, like, New South Wales, that six sort of core players. I hope that's not something that's getting formed inside the dressing room. Yeah. But it's like, and they get their old New South Wales coach in, and it starts to become something divisive. And the clicks have formed in Baylor's teams before. That was why he got sacked by England, what part of the reason. Mm. It's certainly going to be an interesting couple of months for us. You know, great end to, the, end to the cricket summer, but I'm excited to see what happens. There's going to be a lot of narratives. Final question, do we reckon Langer will take the England job? There's been a well, lot yeah. of speculation. I reckon he'll take a break, and that's purely I guess. But yeah. I think he'll take a break, he won't go straight over to England. Maybe a big fuck you to the players, and he does take that England job. I think he's exactly what they need. I agree. I think he, because that's the grit and toughness that they need. They already have some of the attacking yeah. facilities. I don't think he does it. I think he loves Australia too much. He doesn't no, owe a Australia or anything. I have the exact same mind. I think, I think he, he knows He famously, and part of the reason he's out, has a very short temper and is very vindictive. So Absolutely. There's one thing that would get him to betray his country almost. It would be... The disrespect he's been showing. And it's yeah. been really bad from Cricket That six-month contract was disrespectful. If, Absolutely. Like we talked about the pros and cons, obviously, in this episode. And I was a bit more on Langer's side. They, he should have been offered at least a two-year, I think. Four years is ridiculous. Never should like be entertained by Cricket Australia. But six months is just a slap in the face. I mean, regardless of the fact that I even said this earlier in the episode, I don't think he had that much to do with a lot of these big yeah, achievements that have yeah. been on his name. I think he deserved a lot more and a lot better respect. So, you know, all we can hope is that Creed Australia make the changes and whoever the next coach is, the players need to now know that they live and die by that. So the next result is going to be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting where this goes. Excited for the winter. Thanks for listening. This has been Agendas Only. See weekly episodes on Spotify.